A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Jesus appeared to the eleven and said to them, Go into the whole world and proclaim the gospel to every creature. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak new languages. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly thing, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. St. Paul was one of these characters who just had all the advantages of life. He grew up, his father was a Roman citizen, probably a Roman officer. And then his mother was, was Jewish. And he kind of grew up in two worlds, both in the world of his father, the, the well-respected Roman officer, and in the world of his mother, who was Jewish. Now his father likely trained him in the art of war. And, and, uh, he received military and physical training. His mother wanted to make sure that he had the best teacher, Jewish teacher, available. And so she sent him to study under Gamaliel, who was the supreme rabbi of his day, the most respected rabbi in all of Judaism, and who was himself a member of the Sanhedrin, you know, the Jewish Supreme Court that we talk about from time to time. Paul not only was his student, but appears to have become some kind of special aid to Gamaliel. So even when Gamaliel was in, um, in court as a member of the Sanhedrin, Paul was there with him as his assistant to probably take care of simple needs, but also perhaps to discuss issues with him. Paul was a brilliant Jewish scholar. And, and he had the choice, of course, to be either be a, a great Roman soldier following his father's footsteps, or to be a Pharisee and a leader and teacher of the Jewish law. He chose to become a Pharisee. And he was intent on being the best Pharisee possible. He calls himself a Pharisee of Pharisees. He obviously was present at the stoning of Stephen, and um, as the aide to Gamaliel, a member of the Sanhedrin, he took care of the cloaks of all of the uh, members of the Sanhedrin who participated in that stoning. And then because of his military training, when the Sanhedrin wanted to extend the persecution of Christians beyond the local Jerusalem area, they selected Paul and gave him a group of uh, temple guards to take with him to go from place to place and bring and persecute what uh, Paul refers to as followers of the way. We've talked about that. Originally, originally Christianity was referred to as the way, coming from Jesus' teaching. There's a way that leads to destruction, and there is a way that leads to life. So they were known as followers of the way. 
on his way to Damascus, and we know the story, we just, Catherine just told us the story. On the way to Damascus, he's traveling to Damascus, he's got these others, these soldiers with him, and he meets Jesus, clothed in light. And the light is so bright that he finds that he's struck blind. And he says, who are you to the light? He says, who are you, Lord? And Jesus responds, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. And then he's instructed to go to Damascus where he will learn his purpose. So Paul goes to Damascus. He meets a, uh, one of the disciples there named Ananias. Ananias prays for him and Paul receives his sight back. Now what's the first thing Paul does? He goes to the synagogue and begins preaching Jesus. He is so ecstatic about having met the Messiah on the road, clothed in light, the Son of God. And so he begin, immediately goes to the synagogue and begins preaching Jesus, an act for which his life is quickly in danger because the temple guards, probably some of the temple guards who came there with him, began a plot to kill Paul. And the only way he can escape, because they take control of the, of the gates to the city, so the only way Paul can escape is they, the disciples place him in a basket, must have been a big basket, and lower him over the city wall so that he can make his escape at night. Paul, now having escaped, flees to Arabia, where he spends three years as the first Christian hermit. He spends three years alone studying the scriptures, praying, receiving the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he says he received his, his message privately between he and Jesus during these three years that he's a hermit in Arabia. And the message is very simple. This is the message. The Gentiles are included in the kingdom of God. Now, that may seem obvious to us. I mean, with all the scriptures we have read that talk about the God of the whole earth and the, and the nations are going to come to worship the Messiah. And we read these scriptures all the time. Well, Paul read those scriptures with new eyes, inspired by the Holy Spirit. And he knows that's his message. The Gentiles are included in the kingdom of God. But Paul's a man who understands authority. So he just doesn't rush out and start preaching that message. He goes back to Jerusalem. He meets with Peter and James, two key individuals, two key apostles in the church in Jerusalem. And he explains to them this message, which he says he received by divine inspiration while he was a hermit in Arabia. And Peter and James says, that's, that's a good message. You go preach it. <laughs> We're not going to preach it, but you go preach it. And they lay hands on him and ordain him for, to be, for the ministry, to be an apostle to the Gentiles. Paul later rec recollects that Peter says, 
I will be the, I'll be the apostle to the Jews, you be the apostle to the Gentiles. Of course, there was a lot of overlap in both of their ministries on both sides, but that's how they saw themselves. And then Barnabas, we know who Barnabas was, he takes Paul to Antioch. And there he has to explain, it's, he's okay. You know, he's not trying to kill you anymore. So Paul becomes a part of the church of Antioch, where again the Holy Spirit speaks for Paul and Barnabas to begin the missionary journey to the Gentiles. And so the first of Paul's missionary journeys, uh, Paul begin, and Barnabas go together to preach to the Gentiles a very simple message. Jesus wants you. However you've worshipped God or gods in the past, Jesus is the true God and he wants you. Now, in all honesty, Paul's missionary journeys did not produce a whole lot of converts. But in every city where Paul and Barnabas went, and later Paul and Silas and Paul and Timothy, and, and he began to have always have, you know, Jesus always sent his apostles out two by two, and so Paul always had a second apostle to go with him. But there were always a few. There are always those who Paul said were chosen to become believers in Christ. And so he planted little churches all over Asia Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey. And these little churches began to develop and blossom and grow. All because of this instance, instant moment in Paul's life where he meets Jesus clothed in light on the road to Damascus, and he can't help himself from that moment on. He has to tell everyone about Jesus. Another conversion story, Sadiq. Sadiq was a Muslim imam. Right, so he's a teacher and preacher of Islam. And his mother was a witch doctor. Now that's a nice combination, isn't it? Sadiq became very ill. And so his mother tried to do her witch doctor thing to heal him of his illness. It failed. He just kept getting sicker. Finally, in desperation, Sadiq goes to a local Anglican priest. Because this, this is taking place in Africa. I should have warned you that. Sadiq goes to a local, Africa, local Anglican priest. And the Anglican priest begins to fast and pray for Sadiq. After seven days of fasting and praying, Sadiq is healed. On the seventh day of fasting, Sadiq is healed. And he knows it is Jesus who healed him. But he is afraid to admit it. He is afraid to acknowledge Jesus because he knows his imam friends will kill him if he does. Well, within a year, Sadiq is ill again. This time he has blood cancer. And the doctors tell him, there is no hope. You're going to die. His mother, the witch doctor, begins praying to Jesus, saying, Jesus, you healed him once. Will you do it again? But Sadiq dies. 
as after he dies, he finds himself in a room surrounded by four demons intent on cutting him to pieces. But just as one of the demons is about to take an axe and slice him down the middle, Jesus comes in the room. The demons are frozen and can do nothing. And Jesus looks at Sadiq and says, this time acknowledge me. He wakes up from death. He'd been dead for 12 hours. And because in uh, Islam, burials happen very quickly because they don't use um, embalmment. So he is already being surrounded by his friends, by his relatives, by other imams. They are preparing his body for burial. And Sadiq wakes up. It must have been a shock. He jumps up from this platform that they're wrapping him in, in white, because okay, that's the way they bury you. They're wrapping him in white. He jumps up and he shouts, Jesus is here. Jesus healed me. And everybody scatters. <laughs> they run in all directions. They were not expecting this. Sadiq, true to the command of Jesus that he met in his you know, afterlife experience, becomes an Anglican priest and is and you know lives in a ministry where he receives many death threats and many attempts on his life but he is faithful to Jesus who healed him now twice and commanded him to acknowledge him now I want us to think on a moment reflect on our own conversion experience I'm quite confident that you don't show up here on Thursday night if you not have, have not had a real and genuine experience in the, of the presence of Christ. What is your conversion experience? What is that moment in which you knew the reality of Jesus with such conviction that you could not help yourself from telling others about Jesus. See, that really is the fruit of conversion, is that we are filled with that desire to tell others. We have come to an experience of the reality of God who loves us in Christ Jesus and we must share that with others. Think of that. Now maybe it, may, it could have been at your confirmation, could have been at just a point of private prayer, could have been a big deal like St. Paul and Sadiq or could have been a very quiet experience could have been just in the reception of Holy Eucharist or being in adoration gazing upon the Eucharistic face of Jesus but think back 
A lot of times, life gets busy, life goes on, and we kind of forget, yes, I really did have that intense moment that I knew God was my father, Jesus is my brother, and he loves me. And if you can't recall a moment like that in your life, you can always make tonight your moment. As you come to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Just pray, Jesus, be real to me. Be real in my heart, in my soul, as I receive you into my body. Be real. And let the love of Jesus compel us all to share his love with everyone around us.